Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well. Hope you guys all had a great long weekend. Uh, I know I did. Um, got into some activities that were a bit extravagant, took a lot out on my body, uh, just to keep everybody informed. Uh, Friday, I guess it was, what was it? Yes, it was Friday. Uh, Friday, I did a 100,000 step challenge, which I did complete. So that was a positive thing. Uh, the rest of the weekend, my body was in quite a bit of pain. Uh, but I am back. It's about 30,000 yesterday. So I'm back to where I, I like to be, but I'm happy to be back here talking to you all. Um, it was a good weekend. I got a little bit of a head cold again. I don't know. I've gotten sick more in the last three weeks than I have the last like three years. So go figure there, but a lot to get into today. We're going to talk about the PGA championship with Mito Pereira throwing that away, Justin Thomas ultimately winning it. We got lots of hockey to dive into. So unfortunate events in Colorado involving Nazem Kadri, which I'm going to get into. And it's it's sickening, honestly, what's happening to him. And there's no excuse for it. There's no there's no reason. There's no there's no in life, there's no way that this should be happening. This should be stopped. It should just be it shouldn't be a problem. Unfortunately it is. And social media is a big reason to blame for all of this. Um, and we'll talk about some NBA. Seamus is going to join, as he always does on Tuesday. So he'll be on the next 30, 40 minutes. So we'll talk about a bunch of different things with him as well. Um, but I want to start today's show. And I was thinking last night watching the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it took me back to a podcast that we did um, back in September where I had a few, I think Seamus was on. I know Casey was there and maybe Sawyer, but we had three or four guys on the podcast and we all ranked our top 10 players in the NHL. And I remember I was often, you know, my lists are always different. I like certain players. I'm, I'm a little weird. I had Seth Jones 10. That's a little high. I'll openly admit that, but I had Andre Vasilevsky number two. And I remember a pushback with, well, Dreisaitl, Matthews, who I had at seven at the time. Um, you know, why are these guys so low? They're better than the, they're better than him. They're better than him. He's a goalie. Well, thinking back on that podcast and then watching last night's game, I think it just proves that I was right. I don't like to toot my own horn all that much, although sometimes I do. But in this case, I think I have to because – there's no doubt that Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL. But if you want a guy in a playoff game to seal you a series, to play fantastic, and to have the best goaltender in the world, it's Andre Vasilevsky. And quite frankly, it's not even close. But to me, with two straight Stanley Cups, 10 straight series wins, the last seven elimination starts, he is six. He has he's allowed one goal, six shutouts in those in those games, and he has a nine seventy five save percentage. Regular season, he might not be the best goalie. Other guys will win the Vesna. Other guys will steal the show. Matthews will score sixty goals. Uh, Adam Fox will have great points in the back end. Name a player, but to me, the second best player in the world is Andre Vasilevsky. Because who is more valuable than him? Who is better in the biggest moments than number 88 on Tampa? I don't know if you can name me more than 97 the way he's played in the, in the series against Calgary. 
or the first round for that matter. To start the playoffs, Andre Vasilevsky was not great against Toronto. Gave up five in game one. Gave up a loose three in game in uh, in game three. Didn't play well in game five. But since game six against the Toronto Maple Leafs, in particular the third period, Andre Vasilevsky has been rock solid. In four games against the Florida Panthers, he allowed three goals. He has been incredible for this team. He has been their backbone. 49 saves shutout last night. Now he got crossbars. He got posts, but you're going to get breaks. Florida got breaks last night to review goals, which we're going to get into in a minute. But Vasilevsky is the second best hockey player in the world, period. To me, it's this is he might win another cup this year. That would be three in a row. He might win another con smite. That'd be two. Already a lock hall of famer. And he's a young guy. But I, I just find it incredible that, you know, it's you can sweep teams. You know, Tampa got swept by Columbus, but you can, you know, Colorado swept Nashville. Golf clap for you. But to sweep the Florida Panthers, who set a record for the most goals in a single season, who had record-breaking, who had uh, record-setting seasons from Jonathan Huberto, Carter Verhage, Barkoff, um, Ekblad. You go down the list, almost every player on that roster had a career season. They scored three goals in this series. Now, does Ryan McDonough deserve credit? Does Chernak? Does, of course. But ultimately, who made the saves? Andre Vasilevsky. Tampa looks scary. I, They looked tired in that first round against the Leafs, but they found it when they had to. And other than last night, they were the better team three of the four games against the Florida Panthers. And even when they're not the best team, they find a way to win because you have that ace in the hole. But, and you look ahead, they're going to play the Carolina Hurricanes or the New York Rangers. They have some rest. They're guaranteed to get at least a few days. I think Carolina and New York is going to go deep. I could see that going seven games. And I'll talk about the home road splits from both those teams in a little bit. But, <coughs> excuse me. But I don't think it met to Tampa, it matters who they play. New York does not play a really structured game. They're young. They play loose. Shesterkin's a great goalie. It's not Vasilevsky. It's good. It's not Vasilevsky. So I like Tampa's chances. And you'd say, well, Carolina's a great defensive team. Very true. They're smart. They got a great defense core. They got a lot of components that could win you a Stanley Cup. However, Carolina is the carbon copy of the New York Islanders. They play very similar. They have a very structured coach. They play a system. The Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the New York Islanders back-to-back -back the last two years in the conference finals. So it would be like playing the New York Islanders, just Carolina. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this second-round series. I think it'll be fun. It'll be competitive. But after that, I don't expect either team to give Tampa that much run for their money. Maybe they will. But when you have momentum like they do, when you – just think of this. We know the story. Patrick Maroon's won three cups in a row, and it's a good story. He's the big rig, all that. 
Patrick Maroon in his playoff career has two series clinching goals. He's a fourth line player, but he has two. Just to put this into perspective, Sidney Crosby has one. Patrick Maroon has more series clinching goals than Sidney Crosby. Just a fun fact for the day. That's what Corey Perry has turned back the clock. I love it because nobody wanted him, and he's making them pay for it. Good. Um, Kucherov had a fantastic series against the Florida Panthers. I thought he was their best forward by a country mile. But you look, you get contributions from Ross Colton. Big Nick Paul is playing really well. Uh, Belmar. And, you know, you how you win, you build from the net out, right? Vasilevsky, I won't go more into him. I could the whole I could do a whole podcast on him, but I won't. Hedman, who's playing fantastic. Ryan McDonough, who will block anything, and I think he's one of the smartest defensemen in the NHL. Period. You have Sergachev, Chernak, who's a beast. They're they're loaded. They're loaded and. And what was so funny, you know, I see the sweep last night. And it wasn't about Florida and all they, you know, what they traded for with the deadline and how it was a a failure of a season. Maybe Brunette's going to get fired. What was the sentiment on Twitter? If only the Lisa got by the lightning. Of course. You got to bring them back in the conversation somehow, right? Sportsnet, right? TSN. I don't know if Toronto would have beat Florida. It's a completely different series, completely different team, the way they play. That's no guarantee. I mean, Pittsburgh's going to say the same thing about Carolina. If that makes you feel better about losing, good for you. You're still not playing. You're still golfing. That's Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because I thought it was funny. But um, I this team can play any type of game. They'll play physical. They'll block shots. They'll play 2-1. They'll play 1-0. Whatever you, whatever style of game you want to play, Tampa can do it. And I wouldn't want to play them. They look scary as hell. And now they get to rest. Maybe Point could come back. Chernak was obviously hurting in that series. Stamkos is hurting. They get to rest. They get to heal up. They'll be better suited, um, you know, the longer this, this goes. Now Florida. This was a failure of a season. Winning your round, you look at it, they won their first playoff round since 1996. Yes, that that is a, is, a, is a success in the macro scale. Micro, just looking at it in the smallest version. But it was a failure. It was a failure of a season because you went all in. You traded for Drew. You traded for Sherratt. You unloaded first-round picks. You traded away uh, Frank Vetrano to New York, who's still playing pretty playing pretty well. You trade away people. You acquire guys in New York. A couple, you know, they've offloaded a couple pieces to you. Are still playing in the postseason. They're going to play at least farther than you because you got swept. They've they've won a game in their series, game four tonight at Madison Square Garden. I had Florida winning the cup before the season started. I'm wrong. I thought they'd have more. 
I look at one guy in particular. This series was not about Bobrovsky. He normally takes the brunt of the blame, not this year. He got outplayed by a better goalie. True. But you score three goals in four games, who's winning that series? No one. There's no goalie that's gonna that's doing better than that. Shesterkin, Markstrom, name who you want. Patrick Waugh. He's not winning that series. Vasilevsky's better. Jonathan Huberdeau was a ghost, was irrelevant, was a non-factor the entire postseason. I've never seen him. The regular season, he was one of the best players in the NHL. I think he was right there to be nominated for the heart. If he wasn't a winger, he would have been. They don't like nominating wingers, whatever. But he sucked in these playoffs. He had four points in 10 games. But not just the points, but are you at least having an impact on the game? Are you creating opportunities? Are you skating? Are you doing anything that would make you say, okay, I see Huberto over there. He is on the ice. He, he has a pulse. No. Huberto and Barkoff were just quiet. Too quiet. It was as if they were going through their a January fog where they go through a couple weeks where you're just like, oh, they didn't really have a great stretch. You can't have that this time of year. You can't get away with playing this poor, especially against this team. Aaron Eckblad is hurt. He got he was hurt coming into the playoffs, meaning he's not going to get any better. He, I thought he had a decent series. He was their best player last night by a country mile. But he's playing hurt, and he had more heart, had more fight than Jonathan Huberto. Huberto sucked. Barkoff sucked. When your best players... Don't bring it. You're not going to win. They're lucky they beat Washington because these two players were lifeless then. Carter Verhege had 12 points. Thank God. Because Huberto only had three in that series. And again, he was Casper. He was to the outside. I don't know if he wanted to become our Tammy Panarin or he's just Mr. Perimeter or he becomes Shower 2.0 is my nickname for our Tammy Panarin because he's afraid or just unwilling to go to the middle of the ice. But Huberto was a non-factor. For Hagee, he didn't have a good series. Weger was out to lunch in this series, who I, who I do like. I think he's a good player. He was no good. It was just a disaster of epic proportions. And not to mention, last night, there's a penalty. Delay game pull out, 247 left. Andrew Brunette does not pull the goalie. What are you fucking waiting for? Your season's on the line. There's no tomorrow, buddy. Did you want to get to the links? You want to enjoy the weather? I don't know. But he, the stupidity, he has a whole minute where they have control of the puck. He pulls Bobrovsky as Tampa's clearing the puck down the ice. It made no sense. It, it was idiotic, quite frankly. I don't know why he did it. There's no explanation if I was a president owner that said, why did you make that decision? Nothing would make me understand it. He he was just nominated, <coughs> pardon me, for coach of the year. He might win it. Who knows? I don't know if he's going to be brought back. He was an interim coach, and the expectation was win a cup. You couldn't win a game against Tampa. You couldn't win a game. With that goalie pull, 
You can't win a game. Your superstars aren't motivated. Then there's a report that a few players are at the strip club after losing Sunday night. I don't think he's brought back. I don't, I don't think I'd bring him back. Do I think he's a pretty decent coach? Yes. But he wasn't good in this series. His team wasn't great. His superstars weren't ready to play. Florida, you missed an opportunity. Huber will be back. Barkov, yes. But you trade away a lot of capital. You don't have a whole lot of salary cap. Your team's not going to be as good as next year as it was this year. That's what you're looking at. You know that from, from the get-go. Drew's not going to be back. He was decent in these playoffs. Sherratt's not going to be back. He was okay in these playoffs. But you missed an opportunity. Sometimes players and coaches can take the brunt of it because I know how bad Hubert and Barkoff were. But you also look and say, Brunette, what the hell are you doing? I think the only thing he was focused on in this series was challenging goals. I just want to see if I'm thinking of anything with, with the Panthers. I mean, they got Huberto under contract, Barkov, Ekblad, who was, who was great. They got Uyghur under contract. So they got their nucleus. But Marchment's a free agent. I don't know if they'll be able to afford to keep him. He's a good player. I like him a lot. They didn't play Anton Lundell. He's a player that you probably don't heard of, haven't heard of much. He's going to be a really good player. I think in the next two, three years, he will lead the NHL in shorthanded goals. Really strong. He's a perfect third-line center. He's young. He's 20. So he'll, be, he'll have a good impact on the Panthers for years to come. But I don't know why he didn't play more in this series, because why play Barkoff and them when they were doing nothing effectively? Um, and, yeah, I don't know Brunette. You have Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight, which who will likely both come back. I think they'll be tempted to move Bobrovsky with that $10.5 million salary cap because then it creates a lot more opportunity to improve your roster. If they if they believe Spencer Knight can lead a team to the promised land as soon as next year, I think they'll try to make that trade, but it'll be harder. It'll be hard to do it with that $10.5 million. But Bobrovsky was good this season. He was good in these playoffs. He's not the reason they lost. But I expect to see changes in Florida because they did a lot to win. Their players were garbage, and their coach wasn't great either. Now, let's get to video review. <sighs> video review. I know the general thought of video review in every sport is we want to get the call right. Okay? can understand that. I wouldn't want to be playing a game and I lose because the ref didn't make the right call. However, I played sports growing up. I'm sure a lot of you did. We didn't have video review. You relied on the, the ref that was on the ice to make a call. Didn't always love it. I got into a lot of verbal altercations with referees. I was given on sports and like conducts. I was actually suspended for telling a ref to go F off. Um, so, I'm accustomed to that. But last night in the Florida-Tampa game, there was two goals called back. And yes, they got the appropriate call on both of them. But to me, that is irrelevant. The fact that it takes 10 minutes 
to decide if a puck hits the netting or not is not worth it if it was the right call to me. And I don't think it matters to the to the <coughs> to the customer either. If you're a casual fan, you're turning away from that game. You're like, oh, there's a Seinfeld rerun on CW. I'll watch that. You forget the game's even on. And then you're in bed and you're like, okay, well, the game, I'll check who wins in the morning. Ten minutes of sitting there. Like, uh, Brian, I see, I, I, I'm going to. That's coming up. Yeah, that's next. That's the next segment. Uh, to take a minute later in the pod to appreciate the play of Nazem Kadri, I certainly will. And, um, I, yeah, I won't forget that. But have to get this out because it just bothers me. Why does it take 10 minutes? If we have all this great technology, if we're so smart and you got all these cameras, figure it out quicker. It can't take 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Do you want it to be basketball? Do you want it to be college football? We have to review every little play. Have a microchip in the puck. If it hits the netting, it goes to the ref. It tells them to blow the whistle. Otherwise, why have the refs on the ice? These four morons couldn't make a couldn't find it out last night, so you have to challenge. Yes, the game's quick, but he shot the puck and hit it off the netting. That's not a quick play like it was on the draw play to, for the Kucherov goal that was then called back. If these four dinglings cannot make the call, then get somebody else that fucking can. Period. Period. I hate video review. I wish it wasn't a part of the game. If I was running a league, it would be out of every sport. Because you have officials for a reason. Either let them do their job or find somebody else that can. Because why are they out there if you have to go to the headset every every five minutes and then it takes 10 minutes for whoever Toronto, for these idiots to figure out who what the call was? It can't take that long, Period. Now, to Brennan's point, let's get to Nazem. Let's get to Colorado Avalanche, Colorado Avalanche and the uh, and Nazem Kadri. First of all, let's go back to Game Five, where Nazem Kadri's got the puck. He's going towards the net. He's with Colton Pareko, and he collides with Jordan Bennington. And at, at first look, you're like, "Oh, it's Nazem Kadri. It's got to be a dirty play." It's playoff history. He's been suspended in the playoffs three different times. It wasn't that type of play. Pareko pushed him in. I think now every time you hit a goalie and a player pushed you in, you seem to get the call for it, which another thing I think should be rectified. But I can only change so many things one day. But anyway, Jordan Bennington is injured on the play. He's out for the series, which is unfortunate because I think if he wasn't, St. Louis could have won this series. But nevertheless, he's injured on the play. After the game... The St. Louis, I'm not even going to say they're fans because I think these people are just scum. But these St. Louis faithful, these blues fanatics, if you will, decide to take to social media and start to threaten, to throw racist tirades at Nazem Kadri including I read one this morning that said that he should, that they hope that he would get in a plane and it would blow up 
like the people in his country do. This isn't funny, that type of stuff. That's not... People that take the social media that threaten other people's lives can only define one way. They're losers. They're losers. You have so little life that you have to go on there and just completely... That's crossing the line. Like when Jay Gardner was told he was going to be killed. Like that's that's serious shit. Telling there was reports on there, I'm going to find you, Nazem Kadri, you scum of the earth, and I'm going to kill you. Like, that's never allowed. That's never okay. It's disgusting. It's racist. And it's a fucking hockey game. It's a hockey game. As, yeah, uh, losers and absolutely need mental help. And I, I thought about this this morning. These type of people, I, you should find their information and they should be put on a watch list. And I mean this openly. We see all these, and this is a bigger topic, but I, I want to talk about it. There's school shootings. There's these looters and people get shot at, at uh, protests and different types of things. These people should not be allowed to purchase weapons. Because you lost that privilege after what you what you threatened to do to other human beings. Nazem Kadri is born in fucking Canada. Even if he was from India, from any in the, anywhere in the world, that does not make him a terrorist. But these people, these people threatening him are terrorists because they're fucking racist. And I get this is a bigger topic, but it just bothers me. That it's it's almost funny. It's talking about, oh, this is so bad. Do something about it that can have some actual change. People saying, oh, that's so bad. That's too bad. Like government people that have the authority. I don't. I'm just a talking hairdo here. But if I can think of this idea, maybe you could put into effect. You know their names on social media. Find their information. Put them on a list. Like Nazem should not have to go through this. It was an unfortunate play where Jordan Pennington got hurt. It was not dirty. It was unfortunate. These people need to get a fucking life and just, anyway. So, you know, then Craig Rube says, oh, you know his history it was a dirty play. Okay, whatever. Hoping for a suspension that didn't come. No, fine. Shouldn't have. Wasn't a dirty play. So, all these racist stuff, a lot of fodder for Nazem Kadri going into last night's game. And how about he responds with a hat trick and a four point night. I picked St. Louis to win the series <coughs> with Bennington. I think they could have, I think they would have won game three Saturday night, but this was a, a defining moment. This was a, just a, a euphoric moment for Nazem Kadri, who has had a career where in Toronto is always, he was a good player. And he gets suspended at inopportune times and he makes stupid decisions. But it just looks different right now. He could have lost his temper last night, but he didn't. David Perron did. Cairo did. Guys on St. Louis lost their temper and he made them pay. He was dominant. He scores timely goals. He tells the St. Louis crowd to eat it, which I love. Give it back to them. They boot him every time he touched the puck. Well, he was the best player on the ice last night. Nathan McKinnon's a great player. He hasn't been the best player in this series. 
I look at the defense of Colorado and I look at the cadre line with Rantanen and Nikushkin. They've been dominating this series. But for Nazem to take all that negativity to get bombarded by people like Barube and saying that he's a dirty player and that he did it on purpose and to respond the way that he did is the perfect way to do it. I think in the past he takes a stupid penalty last night, maybe gets suspended. He's learned from it finally. It took him three times, but he seemed to learn from it. He's got a different vibe this year. He was, I think he was the best player on either team last night. He played fantastic. And just, just kudos to him for being the bigger person, for taking it on the chin. And, he, you know, he needed his personal security in St. Louis last night. And he left that city in flames because he was that the best player. And they're down 3-1. It's so unfortunate Bennington got hurt. But it's just it's just like the Sammy Gerard injury. It's it's unfortunate Sammy Gerard got hurt. Barbashev just hits really, really hard. Unfortunately, Kadri was coming in fast. Pareko pushed him in. Kadri's not a dirty player. He always plays his hard out. Tom Wilson is dirty player. Um I like both players. I don't think Tom Wilson's a dirty player per se. I think he's a plays on the edge. Kadri again, he's another guy that plays on the edge, but I see your point. They're both been suspended multiple times. So they both have their, have their negatives about them. They both aren't exactly the smartest in all the right situations, but they're both really effective players when they want to be. Tom Wilson's won a Stanley cup was a big part of winning one. Nazem Kadri, if Colorado wins this year, he'll be a big part of it. And I, I was really, I didn't feel great about Colorado coming into the season, coming into the playoffs, because I've seen them in the past years and they couldn't get it done. They look different this year. They're playing different. They're not getting bogged down. They can play any way you want. Good to see Alex Newhook get involved into the lineup last night. I thought he played really well. I keep him in the lineup, Jared Bednar. But, you know, like I said, McKinnon and Landeskog haven't been the best players in this series. You'll get Kadri, you look at, at the back end. Taves gets another goal last night. Eric Johnson gets on the board. Kadri with a hat trick. It was just the, I mean, Makar has been great. They lose, they lose uh, Sammy Gerrard. Unfortunate. Um, see, uh, Gators Rock TM, uh, Tim T. Do you think my cat should trade Uyghur? Um, good question. I don't think he played well in the playoffs. I think that's a pretty easy, uh, to know there. Um, I don't think they should trade him just for the sake of trading him. If they can get something good in return, then potentially. Yeah. Um, I would say this, I think we learned this about the Florida Panthers in these playoffs. I think Aaron Ekblad's a number one defenseman. He was hurt. I still think he played extremely well. I don't think Mackenzie Wieger's a number two. So I think he's a number a number three defenseman, and that, that's great. You know, you need those guys to be – he's an offensive-minded guy. He doesn't make great decisions in his own zone. Um, yeah, I, I like Ben Sherrod as, uh, a lot as well. If they could keep him for, for a good, for a good uh, term, good money – 
I would be open to that as well. Um, I do think I like Forsling. I keep Forsling. I think he's improved a lot. I keep him on the back end. I still like Gudis. Uh, you know, the analytics Goody doesn't love him, but I love his physical nature and the way he, he plays the game. Um, but I do think they need a, a number two defenseman. Montour looked like that. He'd be like that in Anaheim. He just never really got there. I don't, you know, he's old enough now where I don't think he's going to take that next step um, in all likelihood. But, you know, if, if Uyghur had to go <coughs> for salary reasons and you find a way to get a number two defenseman on this team, I think that would help them a lot. Because, like I said, Bobrovsky wasn't the reason they lost. Um, I look at their top forwards. They were no good. Just irrelevant in this series. But I, what will be interesting is how much Ben Sherratt wants and what, what's his market like? Because there isn't a whole lot of great UFA defensemen going to be available. But maybe he'll take he'll take a little less to stay. I mean, Giordano's off the market. He resigned in Toronto over the weekend for a hometown discount. Maybe Sherratt really likes it in Florida. I don't know how much they liked him. Because, again, he, he had his moments where he looked good and others where he was really struggling. So I think that'll be the what they'll try to do is I think they'll talk to him before free agency for sure, uh, just to gauge him and see what he wants. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I probably wouldn't pay him more than three. Uh, I think his last contract, he was making three and a half, which was a really good value deal, or four and a half, sorry, um, which was a good signing by Montreal at the time, really good signing. Um I don't know if he's playing at a high as high a level as he was obviously last year in the playoffs, but then again, he wasn't playing with a guy like Shea Weber. So if you can pair, if you could perfect world, you keep Sherrod, still have Ekblad, and you get another top end defenseman on the Florida Panthers. And if Weger has to go to to do to make that happen, that's just a casualty of business. You know, it's just a way that just has to happen for you to move forward. But again, there's finding top defensemen that teams are willing to part with is extremely difficult. I do think we're going to see a bidding war for Jacob Chikrin. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be involved in this. I think the Florida Panthers are going to be involved in this. I even think a team like the Ottawa Senators are going to be involved in this. Because Ottawa, I think, is tired of being mediocre, tired of being just outside the playoffs, they have Thomas Shabbat. They're, the rest of their defense core is very lackluster. I think they'll make a play for Chikrin. They got a lot of prospects. They have more prospects than the Toronto Maple Leafs and or the Florida Panthers. You could argue that the Florida Panthers have more uh, proven NHL talent. But I, I think Florida would love to get a Jacob Chikrin, who's a good term under contract for, for Florida, just pontificating. Um. You could potentially, uh, you might have to move Sam Reinhart to do it. Um, and I like Sam Reinhart, but that's something you might have to do to to improve your team. What about trading for Alexiak? Um, yeah, I, I think that that's another that's another move. Um, I think they could get him for pretty cheap uh, from Seattle. Um, he's won a Stanley Cup. He's he's 
He's a good defenseman. Obviously, he was on a bad team last year, so it's hard for him to look good. But um, I guess this. I guess I'm wondering who the swap would be. Like if if he replaces a Forslang, or he could be the replacement for Sherratt potentially, because um, they do play similar. They're both defensive minded. Uh, they're both big bodied defensemen. I think Alexiak moves a little better than Sherratt does at this point of his career. But um, that's something that could happen. Yeah, uh, that's if, if you can't get Sherratt, Alexiak is an interesting, interesting name to throw in there. But I, I do think Florida. I do think um, c- could could be in on Chikrin. Yeah, and Alexiak, yeah, he's six. He's six seven. Alexiak, he's big. He he'll fight. He's brings a lot. I think if you have Alexiak and, and Gudis on the same defense core, it's not easy to deal with. They're both. Both a couple of nasty pieces of business. And I think Florida is going to make a lot of changes because, yes, they had a president's trophy, but you just got swept by your cross-state rival. And and it wasn't even that close. So you need to do something. You need to make a major change. I don't think Barkoff and Huberto would necessarily go. <laughs> but I think Duclair's traded in the offseason. He was a healthy scratch last night. I think that tells you a lot about where he ended up at the end of the year. Reinhardt's a good player, but Reinhardt and Bennett, if you could get a better defenseman, if you could prove your team and you have to lose one of them, I think you'd do it. So I expect a lot of changes from Florida this offseason. Colorado, like I said, they, they look good. Their back end, that second line's been rocking. For the Blues, um, Huberto passed the puck, I, agreed. What this offseason he needs to work on is just shoot the puck. Like just, just he needs to improve. His shot got better, but I do think it needs to improve some because Vasilevsky, you could see, you know, with McDavid, you have the because Huberto, I think, is the next best passer to McDavid in the league. He's not, he's he has to hide the fact, you know, he has to he can't go all the way over to block Kane. He has to respect the shot of McDavid on two on ones on odd man rushes. Where I think often the goaltender, Vasilevsky in this case, said, you know what, I'll give Huberto the shot because he's not going to anyway. But he needs to shoot the puck more, getting better high scoring, high quality scoring opportunities because if you get over 100 points, I think he can get 35 goals, 40 goals if he really if he really wants to and be a, be a good goal scorer alongside Burkhoff in that core. For St. Louis, I think they're done. Billy Huso didn't play well last night. Doesn't look confident. Uh, and Perron's been fantastic and O'Reilly. But other than that, you know, I call it the AARP line. Robert Thomas has been a big disappointment in these playoffs. I expected more from him. Tarasenko has been a ghost in these playoffs. You know, Barbashev's a bottom-of-the-line player, but you need a little more from him. Kairou's been inconsistent. So they've had their top line of veteran players that have done it, but if they're going to get back in this series, they need Thomas. They need Tarasenko. They need the veterans on this team to produce. They haven't yet. And that would concern me because in a must-win game, you're asking Robert Thomas. I mean, Tarasenko was there when they won the cup, and he was good when they did it. But again, he's been he's been really quiet. Pareko scored goals, but <coughs> you need some of those forwards to do something, to produce. Perron has nine goals. He's doing everything he can. 
their back end is is hurt. So, you know, Bujanavich, uh, I even look around and saw it. Braden Shen has been really, really quiet. But for St. Louis, they're beat up. They're hurt. They're just kind of dragging along right now. Colorado's back home. They have all the momentum. It would really impress me if St. Louis could win that game because I don't expect them to. Because I just I look at the way Colorado's played. They look confident. They played extremely well, and I expect them to close it out on Wednesday night. I thought St. Louis could go far. I think they could have won this series if they had Biddington and they got a little bit of better luck. But Colorado has got through the breaks. Kemper's played well, and it looks like Colorado's going to get back to a conference final. The other Western series is the All-Canadian series where, I mean, Connor McDavid has been an absolute animal in these playoffs. If there was any doubt about who the best player on the planet was before, those are dead. It's not Austin Matthews who might win the heart, regular season MVP. Um, you know, Dreisaitl, you know, it doesn't matter. It's Connor McDavid because this guy has just been unfreaking believable the entire playoffs. The other night, it was as if it was a video game in game three. and it, But the crazy thing was, was it looked that way for the whole Edmonton team because Calgary never had the puck. They couldn't control. They couldn't get the puck in the neutral zone. To get the puck, they turn it over. And it was as if you're playing N, you know, NHL 22 and you're on easy mode. Or you're playing, you know, whatever the lowest mode. I don't play that video game anymore. It's trash. But um, I, it was like playing against little kids, like playing ball hockey against two-year-olds. And for Calgary, who's such a good structured team, who's been really good all year, they look completely out of sorts. How many times McDavid, Vander Kane on two-on-ones and on-man rushes, he dances Noah Hannafin, who's a good, solid defensive defenseman. <coughs> and he, just his passing, his play overall, he's being physical which is a different side of Connor McDavid. He's not afraid to mix it up. I, I love to see it from him because he's showing a different side. He's playing extremely well. He's so engaged. He's getting back defensively. And we got game four tonight in Edmonton. I still think Calgary will win this. You know, I'm having less and less faith, but Calgary's the better team. They should win this series. But if the Edmonton Oilers win tonight, it's over. And I truly believe if the if the Edmonton Oilers win tonight, pack it up, Calgary. Kachuk can go can go uh, serve beer in Game Six because there won't be one. And I don't love this player, but kudos to Evander Kane because he's getting chirped about being bankrupt, which I find funny uh, from Matthew Kachuk. But he scored, he's got 10 goals. He's first, David Perron's second in goal scoring in the NHL playoffs. Who had that in the ticket? Not even me. Uh, it Kudos to him for accepting a role and finding it because he's playing fantastic. I see on the horn, we got fresh off the big win over the Washington Nationals last night. I think it was a 10-1 win. Didn't watch any of the game, but saw that they won. Uh, off a big, long weekend, it's... 
He's always here on Tuesdays. It's uh, Davis Fillmore. Shay, good to see you. Hey, man. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I don't know why this always happens with us. I, every other person I tag in, it always works. I don't know. So, Hello? Can you hear me now? Well, we'll see what the comments got going on down there. Brennan's down there. Lucci, Drenda Smith took Evans to another level, I think. I wonder how many people remember when Lucci Dran Ryan Miller. That was hysterical. Oh, the Lucci controversy. In the comments, if anyone wants to know who who thinks a dirty who's a dirtier player, Kadri or Lucic, I'd love for someone to answer that question. Brennan, you're going to be biased because you're a Leafs fan, so you're definitely not going to say Nazem Kadri. We gotcha. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Um, how are things? Good. It's always me, eh? I'm, I'm the yeah, best. I don't know why. I still haven't figured that out, but yeah. Um, no, good to see you. I got the jersey on on a Tuesday. Um, yeah, feeling good after a long weekend. It's uh, yeah, things are good. How, was, how was the weekend? Good. Yeah, things were good. You know, got to watch a lot of sports, but uh, got a lot of yard work done. So feeling like an actual an adult here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's things have been good. A lot of great sports over the weekends. Uh, more importantly, what an ending to a PGA Championship that no one could have predicted. Well, somebody might have live bet on Thomas, but I don't know. Oh, uh, what? We'll get to that in a minute. I might okay. have live bet on Thomas that day, just for Casey. <laughs> I didn't tell him that, but I, I might have. Um, I'll be listening. Seeing, I was talking about Oilers, but I want to go back to this. Um, seeing Nazem Kadri succeed the way he has, do you have reservations about that? Does that anger you? You know, being a former Leaf and the way that went, how do you feel about Kadri's success so far this postseason with the Avalanche? Oh, I mean, he, I, I think what he's doing is great. I'm not, uh, I, I think he is. A slight, slight way. He's still doing his own thing. He's always been that player and he, you know, running Bennington or not Runnington, but depending on how you look at it. Um, but he's causing controversy, but at the same time, he's backing up with unbelievable play. So am I a little salty that maybe he didn't play like that when he was wearing blue and white? Yeah, a tad bit. Um, but I mean, Kadri's always going to be Kadri. He's never going to change. He's, he's done the same. He's look at this past three postseasons. He's got a sussy in all of them. So yeah. cl cl clearly there's a pattern there. And, um, you know, if if taking out the opposing team's star goaltender is going to win you, get you to another level, then that's that's what it's going to take. So if he can take the lickings online and he clearly loves it, you know, he, he fed off that. He scored a hat trick last night um, in a huge, huge game. Uh, that That's basically sealed the deal, in my opinion. I think Colorado, I don't, see st louis coming back from that no it's done i think when bennington got hurt it ended the series because i think they would have won saturday night if he stayed in the game but uh because they were 
playing far superior to Colorado. Um, but yeah, I mean, they survived the first period last night and then it was just the cadre show where they got pissed off. Perron takes one of the dumbest penalties I've ever seen. And he scores. I, I, the fact that he scored at the end of the power play and then he looked at the crowd. I, I loved it. Uh, and the, the way the racist stuff that was directed towards him over the last 40, it was just truly disgusting. Uh, I, I don't think the play was dirty. Quite honestly, I think Pareko pushed him into the goalie. Like I, I think that's something we're seeing more and more, where defensemen are like getting pissed off when they push the player into their own goalie. And you know, it happened last night briefly. Lucic, we, we can get into that in a minute. But um, like I, I don't think Cod, I don't think that was a dirty play. I don't think it was suspension worthy. He didn't get fined or anything. Like I think that was the correct course of action. Yeah, and it's it's a funny it's a, it's a dual edged sword if. You know, if he doesn't, if he gets fine and he gets suspended, oh, you know, the, the NHL, the, you know, George Barros is doing his job finally. And when mm-hmm. he doesn't, it's like, oh, well, where the hell is, you know, where the hell's the call on that? So right. I feel for those guys because that's a tough decision. But ultimately, I agree with you. I think he made the right one. Um, and, you know, like he like he likes to say it, it's, it was a loose puck and he went to the net. And that's that's all you can say. Yeah, I mean, four points last night. Um mm-hmm. He just good for him because uh, he yeah he's been through a lot uh, over the course of his career um, with suspensions and stupid plays and things of that nature. Um, the Lucic situation where <laughs> he goes into Mike Smith late in that game, the game's over at this point. Um, was that different for you? I felt a little different. I had to watch it from a couple. I, I kept seeing it from the same angle, probably the same for you. And I had to see it from a different angle to, mm-hmm. to know if it was some contact going in. But I was telling you before when you were off, I said, does anyone remember Ryan Miller and what happened to him? I mean, yeah. Lucci just got a history of running goalies and, you know, trying to make be a difference maker, which is, you can do without having to do that, those type of things. So I feel like, that was a little bit intent, more intentional than Kadri's was. Mm. Did, does he intend to, you know, hurt Mike Smith? I hope not, or at least I don't think so. But it's hard to say with him because he's just got such a streaky pass, just like Kadri does. Yeah, I, I definitely think he meant to do it. And I, they gave him a five in a game. I'm good with that. Like he's gonna play tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't think it's suspension or anything. But I mean, Calgary was just so to lunch Sunday night. I mean, they didn't have the puck. Like they, for 99% of that game, they didn't have, like, they just were chasing it. And I think Lucic was like, okay, enough of this. What can I do to piss some people off? And probably thinking, how can I get them off their game and focused on me going into game four, where maybe that's, he's the wrong guy to do it. Cause I don't think there's anybody on that Edmonton roster that really has any interest in dealing with Milan Lucic because it's not going to end up well for them. Yeah, yeah. Even Vander, who I you talked about before I hopped on, he's got 10 goals. He probably doesn't want to risk a hand no. injury or, you know, getting well, getting effed up for the best part of it because he's more valuable on the other end of the ice instead of trying to yeah. defend and trying to be the tough guy because, you know, it's, it's just more his game at this point. I think you just kind of have to pull the excuse and just say we have to let it go. Obviously, we don't like it, but – you saw where it brought St. Louis. St. Louis, I think Craig Berube at one point said that 
you know, we're not going to retaliate on Kadri, and that's exactly what they did, and they yeah. they got pumped for it. So I think you've got to stay away from that and keep your mind focused. And, uh, I mean, there's opportunities to, t- to take jabs at Lucic and to do stuff to him. Um, you just got to find the right opportunity to do it and not do it stupidly like you mentioned David Perron did or, or, uh, last night. Yeah, you mentioned like Evander Kane. Maybe he hits Gaudreau. And it's Maybe. a clean hit, but it's a big hit. That that would piss Lucic off more than anything because as a star player, he's on the ground and you know he could be hurt or at least he's feeling it like that. That's the kind of stuff in the playoffs where I think that's how you get back in a player. You because, go eye, do you go eye for eye and try to get Markstrom, or do you is that off the table? I think you don't because I think the refs going to be so hyper aware of it, and I think even if they see. Because Lucic did get five in a game. The, the game was out of hand, so it didn't matter. But, I mean, if you if you do it in the first period or something, I wouldn't poke the bear there because I'm sure they're hyper aware. I think, you know, the referees always get talked to by Peros and the player safety department before games, and they're like, okay, if you see this, none of it. Like, get rid of it. You know, be aware mm-hmm. of it and be harsh with, with the penalty. So, I think Edmonton just play like he did the other night. That's, you know, beat them in this series. That's how you get back at them. Like Lucic will be at home, at home golfing with, with Kachuk and, and all them. And you're into a conference final where in mid February, it looked like you might not make the playoffs. And now you could be, you know, playoffs and you could be in the damn conference final with a one in four chance of winning the whole damn thing. Yeah. No one's going to rule them out with, uh, with 97. No. Because no. <laughs> uh, he he's doing amazing things, uh, like groundbreaking things for for this generation. So I I hope he keeps it up. And I, I have no ball in this fight. You know, obviously we we both picked Calgary, so uh, that yeah. was that was our team. Uh, I think if Calgary keeps cool head, they they'll probably win tonight. Um, but that's the main thing: do they go out and start chopping away and start trying to get dirty, or do they you know do they just play a consistent <laughs> game like they could do in the regular season? Yeah, and, you know, Gaudreau, Kachuk, that line has to be good tonight because they weren't uh, the other night, to, to yeah, say the least. Together. Yeah, they, they need to find it. Um, Lightning, sweep the Panthers. Um, yeah. I actually – I have a guest star for this. Okay. Can I bring Can I bring him in? Yes. <laughs> I want to bring this in for all the Panther fans out there. Just saw it laying around the house, you know, kind of remind me of them. Um, and what a pathetic, pathetic performance those four games were. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. Give, give your analysis. I'm just going to keep them on for a little longer. No, I, I saw this on Twitter last night, and I, I can ask you because you're a fan. I don't know why the thought immediately went to this, but, again, it was Sportsnet, so why am I surprised? Um they the, the the thought was if only Toronto had beaten Tampa, it would have been a cakewalk for the Leafs. Are you in that same thinking or well, I, series? You know what? How does that go? I, I I don't think it's a cakewalk by any means. I'm not that naive to how good Florida is, but I do think we would have beat them clearly, um, unless Florida had a different mindset for both organizations. But it seems like they just were out to lunch. Their stars were out to lunch. Um, and you know, kudos to Vasilevsky in that you know, game, a game, uh, game four shutout 
to end it. And he had like 40, what, 44, 45 saves? 49, 49 saves. So, like, clearly it was on his back to get it done, and he did. So I, I give more kudos to Tampa than Florida messing it up. Do you, do you feel the same, or do you feel Florida fumbled the bag more than Tampa played really well? I think Tampa played – I think Tampa played really well because uh, I don't think they played that well against your Leafs. And I thought they played – in the three games, I thought they played really well. The first three. Last night they got all played handily, but then you have that boogeyman back there that can do anything. Um, but I'll, I mean, two things can be true. I, th- I thought Huberto was horrible in these playoffs, Hor- like horrible, horrible. I'm so disappointed in him. Sasha Barkoff, all he did last night was take stupid penalties. That's the only thing I remember him doing. Uh, Ryan Hart was quiet. I mean, Ekblad was hurt coming into the playoffs and he gave more of an effort last night than, than the rest of them. Like I, yep. I think there's going to be big changes in Florida. I don't think Brunette will be back. The fact that he did not pull the goalie with 2.47 left when they had a power play was yeah. one of the most idiotic things I've ever seen. It made no sense. I was looking at the TV saying, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, um, it took too long for that one. Yeah, and I mean the review. I got into the reviews earlier. I won't go back into that topic because that just ugh, gives me a fucking ulcer. But um, I, I think – I mean, Tampa's only getting stronger, and when you have the second best player in the world in net, it's hard. It's hard to to lose a series. Yeah, and you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, God, Braden Braden Point didn't play a game in this series. Yeah, like he like this was the ultimate opportunity for Florida to take advantage of something, and yeah, like you said, the the scoring effort wasn't there, and they just got outclassed by a team who's done it again and again and again and again uh time after time so kudos to tampa and more more than florida fumbling it but uh yeah i'm gonna put my friend away but uh, you know bye 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 florida fans i don't know if there there is there are probably not many florida fans here but there is yeah change they're, they're, they're having a, they're having a tough day uh they're yeah. definitely having a tough day because they went all in and it ultimately didn't work out for them um Let's talk. Uh, I guess with 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 Vasilevsky. Okay. I at the beginning of the year, I don't know if you remember this. We did our podcast, and then Casey was on it. Sora might have been there. We did our top ten players. Yeah. And I had Vasilevsky too, and I remember there was initially some pushback from you guys, and it. I think a few people were mad that Matthews wasn't higher on my list. Anyway, I won't get into that right now. But is he is he this is he the second best player in these playoffs? Oh, just in the playoffs? No, um, just, I think he's in general, but it just it's going the playoffs. Hmm, that's a good question. Because he had those games in Toronto where <laughs> I mean, he maybe mm-hmm. wasn't out to lunch, but he, like game one, he, he yeah, let game up one, five game sheets. three, he wasn't great. But, but since game when it, six, third period, he's been unreal. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say when it when it comes to counting and when it comes to crunch time, he he's the best by far. Um, I think Mc, I still think McDavid's been the best player in the playoffs, but I think yeah. Yeah. I think Vasilevsky, yeah, he's probably if he's not number two, he may be number three. Yeah, I mean, just last seven uh, series clinching games, six shutouts, nine seventy five save percentage. I mean, that's uh, 
Hey, your least got a goal on them. They're the a team the, in the last seven elimination games. They were the one team to get a goal on them. I know you don't like speaking about hypothetical, but how many games do you think it would have took Toronto to beat this Florida team if they if we lived in some weird alternate universe where okay. Toronto could get past um, anybody? So Toronto was playing really well. Florida wasn't. Florida would have beat Toronto last night if say it's same type game because Campbell's not stopping fifty shots. Um, I agree. Say five. Okay. Wow. So that's Florida didn't play well. They didn't. Yeah. They 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 didn't play well. So game one they didn't. Five six. I'd say. Yeah. I I think Toronto would win too, but I also find that a loser's mentality that you're thinking, oh, if only we had won that series. Well, you didn't. You didn't. No. Win. Yeah. That's irrelevant. I I agree. Yeah. Um. Hurricanes Rangers, do you have a feel where this series is going? God, um, the little I've watched of it, I, I've only unfortunately got to watch at least I'd say combined like three periods out of the three games. But mm-hmm. I feel I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I think New York's going to turn it around, but they have to find a way to beat Carolina at home because Carolina yeah. has just been this. They've just been a homer team where they just kind of collectively feed off the fans and the atmosphere in that building, which has been unbelievable. If, if anyone is going to watch a game tonight, tune into that because I think it's going to be. Oh no, no, never mind. It's in New York. Tune Still a good atmosphere tonight. tonight. Yeah, 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 and it will be an atmosphere. MSG has been rocking, and they want to see this team win. I still think I. I said it. I, I think we both. At least I did. I said New York in seven. I have it written in my notes beside me. Mm-hmm. I hope that like seems the case. Too. And I. I think they've, like I said before in the last podcast, they've caught a little bit of diversity and a little bit of um, persistence and being down against Pittsburgh. And I think they can come back in this series as well. Yeah. They need to find a way to win one in Carolina. Cause Carolina hasn't lost at home. They haven't won on the road, which is crazy. Just the home road. Splits. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. they didn't. They haven't won. <laughs> yeah, they haven't. It's crazy. Um, but like top end talent, New York is superior. Because they got a better goalie. They got better. Like, I love Slavin and D'Angelo. They're both great. But, again, they're defensemen. They can only do so much. They got to protect their house as well. Mm-hmm. There's been very few goals in this series. It's very, it's very you know, tight. tight checking. And there's not a whole lot of ice out there. But, to me, I'm hard on this player because I know how good he is. You know, Mr. Perimeter, Artemi Panera, a.k.a. Shower, needs to wake the hell up and do something like just this first three games. He's done little to nothing. Uh, Kreider and Zabinijad weren't great either. The kid line's really been the best line with, with Kako, Lafreniere and uh, Heedle. But I, he needs to be an impact player, you know, night in, night out. There's too many games where he just settles. He's on the outside, you know, throw a puck cross ice that shouldn't be passed there, but he does it anyway. Um, and I, I think if he's one of the, you know, top 10, 15 best players in the world, show it because this is, you, they need him to step up again. I think it's a, a must win for them again tonight, because again, Carolina hasn't lost at home. So mm. bank, bank on winning tonight, work your ass off to win game five. Then you have a game at home to close it. I think that's the way New York wins this year because game seven in Carolina would be tough to win. Absolutely. I think, and you can, uh, you know, pipe in if you disagree or I'm just going to throw it out there. 
Yeah. What, what, it, what Artemi does great and what you'll see a lot of the times is he capitalizes on other teams' mistakes. Yes. And when you talk about being a perimeter player, that's where he is most dangerous is because other defenders are out of position. And what's going on is Carolina's so good and such into such a great system that their defenders like like Jacob Slavin don't they don't leave their post and they know not to make those uh, mistakes and be out of position. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening here. I think that's Panarin's bread and butter is just being able to capitalize on um, in positions. And that just doesn't happen with Carolina. All right. No, that's, that, no, that's an astute point. And also their, their forwards are really, you know, Trocheck. Yeah. He's a, I love Trocheck. He's a pain in the ass, uh, but he's, he's always on him and he's in his face. He's like, he's like, uh, he's like PJ Tucker. Like he's in your face all the time. Like he's just, <laughs> he's, he's, dog, a, yeah. he's a gnat, you know, he's like, he's just a gnat. He's pissing you off. Um, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter yesterday. It was a funny, I was a uh, Carolina beat writer. Uh, Freddie Anderson was on the ice for, I think, either practice or after practice. So there was a sighting, Freddie Anderson, and then Jeff O'Neill wrote in the comments below, what a warrior. <laughs> the O-Dog, what a yeah. chirp. Yeah, he's yeah. firing back at all Freddie Anderson. Yeah, I guess. I mean, do they, do they have previous beef, or is he just saying that because I think he's just Fred saying Anderson's... that because I mean, I don't know what his injury is. He's injured every year. Like it's just you know, I think he's being facetious, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, if Freddie Anderson's like even a little bit healthy, are you going to risk putting him in over Auntie Rana? No, no. Rana's been no. great. Yeah, he's 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 reminding me of the Godobin of the 2020 mm. Cup Finals where you don't really think anything of him until it's go time and he starts to shine a little bit. Just right. does the just does the steady. For yeah. Oh, I was going to ask one thing. Did you see the water bottle thing with uh, Kadri and Bennington? Yeah. Yeah. What what do you make of that? And is that is that for a guy who loves content, that must have been great for you. I loved it, yeah, because I'm I'm cool with it from Bennington because he's pissed off because he's like I, I'm playing better than anybody and your bleep ass did this to me, uh, and I, I'm cool. You know that's that's the nature of the game. It's being competitive. Bennington's a loose cannon. I don't, like he absolutely he went after San Jose guys in the past, like chasing them around the building and stuff. So you got two loose cannons. I. I, I'm all for it. Uh, I, I love that stuff. So, yeah, good good for Bennington. You are the series, at least get your say. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Before we pivot to the PGA and the NBA, um, did you see the who interviewed for the Flyers head coaching job today? I did not. Enlighten me. Would you like to guess who interviewed for the job today? Uh, I'm going to say Barry Trotz. No, he is an experienced head coach, however. Just like Barry Trotz. Okay. He's has not he, won has... a Stanley Cup. That's an Oh, he's not. Oh, no. Yes, uh, he has won a Stanley Cup. I apologize. He has a Stanley Cup win. It's been a minute. Joel? No. Not Joel. Um, Babs? No. Oh. This guy won a Stanley Cup in a warm locale. A warm location? Oh, geez. Yes. Extremely warm. Um, not, not Daryl. You might have visited this state where he won the cup this spring. Not Martin. Oh, no. Oh, shoot, I was going to say Marty. Oh, John. 
John Tortorella. John is yeah. back. <laughs> took the year yeah. off so that he could get some meditation in, and now he's ready to lose it on Kevin Hayes every other night. So I love yeah. it. So, yeah, he interviewed for the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers job today. Um, no word if he's going to get it, but um, he he makes – Teams that are on the you know porous a lot better. Columbus, they were competitive there, and they weren't a great roster. Mm-hmm. They need a lot of damn help in Philly because uh, that team is oh, – they're tough. But I, I think he'd be a good hire because he's a guy that's probably not going to win you a Stanley Cup. He's kind of like a, a guy that can get you to a certain level and then you need another head coach. But he can lift you from the ashes and at least get you back into the, the playoffs and be competitive. Yeah, because we're being honest, Philadelphia is on the they're on the brink of a total, you know, strip and redown. And, yep. you know, and they do need a guy like Tortorello in there to kind of snap it around and kind of get these young guys in check. You know, car, figure out what's going on with Carter Hart. Is he going to be able to save him or is he just gone? So? Yeah, so I that's an interesting. Yeah, you know, I think Barry Trotz, I think Vegas should offer him whatever Barry Trotz wants and hire him. <laughs> I agree. That'd be awesome. That, I think that I think they could win a cup as soon as next year with that roster and a really good coach. Like that, something I'd be looking into. I have another prediction for you. This is not right, a this is a prediction from me. I believe next season Rick Bonus will be an assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. What makes you say that? Just intuition. I don't know. Yeah. I know they wanted to hire – they almost hired Brucey Boudreau as an assistant because he loves the Leafs so much. But Bonus has always been an assistant coach. He's been a really good one. I think he had a good run in Dallas. I don't think he'll get another head coaching job. But mm. I don't think he's – he's not so much of an ego guy that he wouldn't accept an assistant job. And maybe you'd want to do it in Toronto. So uh, that that's my one. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think he'll ever head coach again. But I think that's on preference. I don't think he'll he'll actually interview for any. Right. Uh, I, mean, I could be wrong on that. Maybe he wants to go. Maybe he wants to do a different gig, and he just need to change the scenery from Dallas. Um, we'll see. He's like he's over seventy years old. I I yeah. would not be surprised if he says, okay, I'm gonna walk away and spend some time with the grandkids. Yeah. And their and their grandkids, maybe I don't know how. I keep coaching. <laughs> <laughs> you keep coaching until you you couldn't stand on the bench. Yeah, uh, if I knew I was coming home to grandkids, Jesus, I'd be still coaching. Um, do you want to talk basketball or PGA first? Um, I would love. I'm itching to talk about my Celtics and how. Okay, happy let's I am. Get, let's 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 do that. Um, games three and four couldn't have been more different. Uh, three, I mean, the, the Celtics out to lunch in the, in the second quarter, basically. And then last night, I mean, the, the heat didn't make their first field goal until three minutes and 15 seconds left in the first quarter. It was over by the first quarter last night's game. Mm-hmm. Um, two, two heading back to Miami tomorrow night. How do you, it's been a weird series. Uh, how, how are you feeling been- as a Celtics fan battling through all this? Up and down. Um, I, th- I think, you know, I, I kind of disagree with you in the game three part. I thought they played pretty well in the first, and then they kind of lost it in the second. Then, you know, that's why <laughs> even last night I have I'm, I'm still watching it. Like it's a twenty. At one point there was a thirty point lead, and I'm still watching it just because I'm like, mm-hmm. are they going to blow it again, or are they going to keep it going and you know, um, maintain it? Ultimately, Miami lost themselves the game. For, like you said in the first quarter, they couldn't do anything. Their yeah. starters were out to lunch basically most of the game. Um, 
if Victor Oladipo is your best player and he's been a bench player all all year long, that's mm-hmm. pretty 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 great sign that you're not doing something right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a battle of attrition because both these teams are really banged up. Because Smart yeah. didn't play last night, Hero didn't play, Jimmy Butler looks hurt to me. Uh, he's not been as explosive. Um, I think Tatum's a little banged up. I think his shoulder might be a little hurt there. Um, I think tomorrow night's the biggest, obviously it's the biggest game, but I think Celtics can find a way to win tomorrow night. They're winning the series in six. They'll, they'll finish it at home. But um, yeah, I Miami's tough because they keep, you know, credit to P.J. Tucker in game three because I wasn't just being, I thought he played his heart out. He's 37. He, Tatum, I think, hated him by the end of the night because he just would not let him breathe. Like he was just always in his face the entire night. Yeah, and that's 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 why he's there. That's why you know a lot of people think, oh, like he's washed. You know, he doesn't score many points. He doesn't do many things well anymore. Well, he plays really, really hard, and he plays really good yeah. defense. That's why Milwaukee wanted him this year, uh, last year, and this is why Miami took him this year because that's exactly what he does. And I I totally agree. To, to, you know, t- tomorrow night is the the biggest game of this series because you're going to be so worn down by a game seven that if yeah. you, if you know, if you can't do it in six, then I don't know what either of these teams have to play a, a really good golden state in the finals. Yeah. Um, I I think this is another opportunity for Tatum to showcase that, you know, he's got to be the best player on the floor, either team, because He's still not a consistent, you know, he scores like 35 yeah. and then he'll score 10. Like That's there's gotta problem. be a middle ground for him, you know, because you know, game three was kind of deceiving because Jalen did drop 40, but he also turned the ball over seven times. Like he forgot how to dribble in game three. Like he just decided he just didn't know how to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Tatum just needs to find that middle ground. Maybe he won't score 35, 40 tomorrow night, but if he could score 22, with eight assists, that might be good enough for the Celtics to win. That's his problem. He always has a great comeback game, but you don't want a comeback game. You want to be consistent the entire yeah. time. You want to score 30 every game. Um, and that's why I think Gonis is still the best player in the world because he, he's scoring 25 to 35 to 40 points, if we're being honest. And yeah. he's doing that every single night, which is where Tatum needs to be if he wants to be at a championship caliber level. Celtics win tomorrow night. Oh, I think it's going to be very, very tight. But yes, I think Boston can pull it out. I think they pull it out within a couple points. I think it's going to be the best. I think it's going to be the best game of the series so far. Yeah, because it hasn't really been a great series so far. No, it's been. The conference finals have been the worst so far because they're yeah. all kind of, you know, I mean, the Golden State game was crazy. Uh, obviously, game two where Dallas just gagged. Um, but they, they went. LeBron in 2011 type choke. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think the Celtics win tomorrow night as well. And I think they win it in six. Uh, it's what I had before. And I, I still think they're winning the title. Yep. So we'll, we'll celebrate that together. Um, Warriors up three. I'm, I'm surprised that it's Shock. three, nothing because Shock. I, I thought the Mavs would up more, put up more of a fight. I mean, Luca's been pretty damn good, but they I mean, they just can't hit a three to save their life. Dorian Finney-Smith is MIA. Reggie Bullock is just, I, he's somewhere else. He's on another planet as well. Um, but also the Warriors just, you know, like, kudos to Air Canada, a.k.a. Andrew Wiggins, because he's kind of reinvented himself. He's Luca scored 40 the other night, but that's the NBA. He 
he makes it tough. Like it's a long night when you have to put up contested shots the whole night. Luca was worn out. He dunks on his head, which is highlight reel. He's efficient offensively. He's great defensively. He's a cog in a in a winning machine. And you know, credit for him for for having a tough start to his career and and finding a niche in uh, in Golden State. Yeah, really. I think it's all ego, and that's how you have to win is by basically putting your ego aside on a team like that. Because like, how are you going to be egomaniac with uh, two time? you know, M- uh, unanimous MVP, yeah. um, finals MVP, and just a, a team that continues to win, win over again. I have it down in my notes. This is the most impressive run they've had in, the, in their entire, if, if they get there, even if yeah. they get there and win it, great. Cause you think about it, they just beat the first round. They beat the league MVP. Who yeah. I, I never thought they would have. The second round, they beat the best uh, young upcoming team in the league with one of the, the shining stars in the league. Yep. And now they're going to beat a future a future MVP um, and Luka Donich, Donich and probably yep. a number one in the world at some point, for being honest. Yeah, and I, think, they have to, I already think he's the best player in the Western Conference. Yeah, there, there you go. And then, then they're going to run into a really good Miami or Boston team. And who knows? I'm not going to say what's going to happen next because uh, it might just come true. If Curry could win another title, and if he wins a Finals MVP, he might go into like top ten type category. Is that- uh, yeah, some people argue he's already there, but he would insert himself yeah. there by by all means if he did. Does that be four rings, six appearances? Yes, or, yeah. or seven six. appearances? No, six. Six appearances, and you said two Finals, two. Uh, uh, MVPs and then a finals MVP like that would that that's quite a damn resume yeah oh it, I I think it would be for sure and you know I don't love Steph Curry but I yeah. I do respect the fact that he's been this consistent throughout these playoffs at 30 you know almost 35 years of age he's not a young sprung guy anymore yeah. and yeah no all, all two of them they've collectively played really really well and they haven't done it with a legit center either which is even more impressive in my mind but Looney's been better against this Mavs team than Gobert and or Aiton. Like he's making them pay when they go small. He gets boards. He he, he gets points. He's been really efficient. Like he, him and him and Wiggins have been two huge reasons why they're up in this series. Because of boards, you mean? Boards and just like if I, I think uh, for Wiggins def- defense, because like Chris Paul, Booker, Bridges, nobody can do anything with Luca. But also, like, just he's he gets the offensive glass. He he puts puts the puts back uh, putbacks back in. He's good with Curry in the pick and roll. Uh, like he they he's not a off he's not an awesome big, but I think he's a really smart. He knows that team. He knows his role well, and and he does it. You know that that's just w- with him. You know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. Otto Porter Jr. too is another guy who's <laughs> yeah. kind of played into that in that clog. I know you mentioned him before. He's also you know he's not. Do anything flashy. This guy, this guy was a top three draft pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he might you gotta let that get to your head, but he's revitalized his career by playing solid and making himself an MVP or a role player on a great M, uh, NBA team. Do the Mavs avoid the sweep tonight? No. They get swept tonight. Yeah, I'd, I'd lean down to grab my friend again, but I'm not. I don't feel like doing it. But yeah, <laughs> it's. it's I, I, I think, think it's, they, I think they win tonight. Okay, well, we'll see. I, I don't know. It's the momentum, and uh, like you said, the the defense that Dallas has been facing, I don't know if they can keep up with it mm-hmm. unless they yeah. unless they put it back on them and start defending 
uh, really well against the perimeter, but I just don't know if they have that in them. Yeah, I mean, at least, you know, Luca, his first finals appearance won't be a loss, and they won't be able to correlate that to LeBron's career right off the back. <laughs> Why? Are, is that what people are saying? Oh, yeah, they're kind of, you know, they play similar. They're both not great. They're both great passers. They both are great drivers to the, to the, to the hoop. They both don't shoot the three particularly well. They both aren't that great at free throws. There's, there's some similarities there yeah. from different places. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, it good, good for them. I never thought Dallas would make it this far. So if they lose tonight or if they lose in two nights span, yeah, uh, I'm so giving it to them. That's a, that's a hell of a run for an organization. No, I don't. Yeah, I didn't expect them to get this far, and the fact that they did, good, good for them because that that looks good on them. Um, bigger story from the PGA: JT won or Miro choked? I think it was Miro. I almost want to say Miro choking because it was his. It was his tournament to win. Yeah, it, like he he had it in the bag, and he just oh, he just flopped it so bad. Like I don't, I don't know how you. I mean, I get it. Like, there's, there's the ultimate breakdowns, and obviously, I think about that one in '97 um, with your boy on the Masters. Yeah, that's a, that's a breakdown as well. But no, I, in all seriousness, love, love JT. You know, I, I drafted really well last week and picked mm-hmm. a winner. Um, should have put something on that between you, but uh, maybe, yeah, you should have. Maybe next yeah. time we'll get something. Um, okay. Sure. But yeah, no, ha- happy for him, and I think you know, a big Zal. Will Zalatoris, my new nickname for him. Um, I think he's right there. I mean, yeah, I know, shaky hands, but I think putting will come to him. I think he'll figure it out. He's got probably one of the worst putting strokes I've ever seen, which for a, a very amateur golfer, that's not great. Yeah. But uh, look at his track record. And he's and, and he hasn't been putting well. He's got a second in the Masters, and he's got a second in the PGA and a top 10 in yeah. the Open, I think, or the U.S. Open maybe. Yeah. He's right there. He's going to break the cuff eventually. Oh, he's great. He's one of the best drivers of the golf ball already, and he looks, like, skinnier than you. So, he's like, I, he might be, like, 6'5", like a buck 20. Um, but he can bomb at 350, like, right down the middle. Um, but, yeah, he – if I was him, I would hire Brad Faxon, who's a putting coach, one of the best putters. He used to play in the tour. I think he won 15 tournaments. He's one of the best putters. That's what he's known for. Okay. He worked with Rory McIlroy, and Rory's putting a lot better than he used to be. Like he's he's good, and just work with him. Like take some tournaments off just to putt because he can do everything else. The reason he almost won Shay is because his approach shots were so damn good. He was putting them like a foot away from the hole, and it's hard to miss that putt. You know, especially mm-hmm. on Friday when he when he took the lead because he was just he was flawless. Like it was right in front. Of, he was he's a great player, but. If you like said that putting stroke is so ugly and so, it's it's hard to watch sometimes, but if he can get away from that and the whiskey mitts, like after a long weekend of, of just boozing, and on Monday morning you're trying to type and you're you're shaking, he can he'll he'll win for sure. I mean he's he's great. It's funny, it's crazy. He's been so close in all these majors. He hasn't won a PGA Tour event yet, which yeah. is you know it's crazy to think about. Yeah, maybe he just show, he just shows up for the big ones, I guess. I yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, JD was. Do you agree that JT was due for one, or do you think that was 
Absolutely. I mean, he's been playing really good all season. He's finished, you know, top five. I think it was five times coming in. So he, he was right there. Um, and the fact that he had won a major since 2017 with Spieth wow. was crazy in and of itself. Both, both those players have been playing a lot better. Uh, and um, the fact that it was that long of a drought for two of the best players in the world was really hard to, to fathom. But, I mean, again, he's won. This, this is his 15th win on the PGA Tour, his second major. Um, so now he's in a group with, you know, Morikawa, and he's in a, he's in a, uh, with DJ of guys who have two majors on, on their, on their docket. Yeah. I think maybe getting this one might open up the floodgates a little bit where, cause he's so good. I mean, Rory's got four speed's got four. We'll see what, what he can do to maybe push himself into that category. Cause he's as good as he is every weekend. I mean, it's the majors that count. Unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunately you can look over the span and some people that's all they see is, is what you do in the big ones. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm, I'm so happy that he's not going to be known as the guy who won one and that's it. And that, you know, that was his career. He could never get another one under his belt because there's so many of those uh, because yeah. it's just so difficult. Um, I thought Southern Hills played really, really well, especially that Saturday when, you know, it was just ugly. You, you were lucky to, you were lucky to shoot par if we're being honest. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was a great, great tournament and really happy. Who was your biggest surprise from everyone you watched that you said, oh, this guy, this guy, played um, well, this guy didn't play well? Uh, Scheffler missing the cut didn't surprise me because he was playing so well. It was like eventually he hit a wall. Okay. John Rahm again, another major where he was just a non factor. He made the cut, but again, he was playing early in the morning. So he wasn't anywhere close to competing. So that was a bit surprising that. You know, since winning his first major, he hasn't really been involved even close to winning the next three. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if he'll defend his title next month uh, at the U.S. Open uh, in Massachusetts, and we'll see what he can do there. So that was a bit surprising. Um, I guess another, Cameron Young is a guy to watch. I I put 20 bucks on him to finish top five on Sunday. Sunday morning, he ended up finishing fourth, so that worked out for me. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's got – Two uh, finishes, two runner-up finishes this year. He's a rookie on the PGA Tour. He finishes fourth at this year's major at the PGA. So he's I like him because he he gets rattled. He gets so mad with his caddy. He kind of reminds me of Spieth. Uh, but I think he's ultra competitive and he's kind of a snap show. So I think he could be a fun personality for the PGA Tour if he can get a, a few wins. Yeah, everyone everyone loves a guy who just loses it because uh, there's so much composure on tour that they need they need that non-factor that just you know breaks a club or throws it in yeah. the water or something. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I never if and I'm uh, maybe ashamed to say this, I didn't know who Mira was um, coming into. Uh, this hey, I watch every weekend. I hardly knew who he was. Yeah. So for him to go out there and play that well through, we'll say three days. Uh, great for him. I know he's 27. He's not a young spring chicken, but um, still like coming over from the Chilean. Chilean is that right? Chile. Chile. Well, he's Ch Chilean and him and coming Rock, from over. Rock yeah, he was more upset that he lost more than uh, Miro. For Christ's sake, he was. Crying he was pretty chill. It. Yeah, he was pretty chill about it actually in yeah. his in his uh, pre, uh, post game presser. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know how he like. There's a futures bet that Miro would never finish top five in a major again. I would make that bet right now. I'd put a good chunk of change on it. I'd be really? I mean, that was such an opportunity because Danny Willett won the Masters. He'll, he'll be a Masters champion forever. 
He hasn't won another PGA Tour event since. Like, you know, it's those – if you can just capitalize on that opportunity, but uh, mm. right in the drink on 18, it was I, – I felt the choke Heartbreak. coming because I'm like – it just doesn't I smell a rat here and I don't you know I don't feel good about this. And Jack Nicholson. when I saw the chili chunk into the water, I'm like, oh no. Like just yeah. the Nick Faldo. Oh no. You know, just <laughs> terrible. But maybe he can find a way to overcome this. I I give him credit for doing the interview after because he was so good about it. But I that's gotta be devastating. Two point eight five million to eight hundred sixty-four thousand in one hole. Yeah. Oh, awful it's an awful thing uh, and this, this is part of my memory or not my memory my curiosity has there ever been a playoff between three people going in yes i think a few times i don't remember any i i think there was one in the early 2000s i know tiger was involved in tiger one um i think they both just kind of like <laughs> like salatoris like just the you know and he, he but I don't love the three hole playoff. I like one myself. I prefer just what they do. One at a time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I prefer it that way. Cause three is a little gimmicky kind of reminds me of the, the gimmick uh, where let's see what you got. One hole. Oddly enough, they both uh, birdied the par five. So they would have had to play another one, but Thomas uh, birdied uh, the next hole. And then obviously uh, Zalatoris. Exactly. Didn't really come close with that putt. Um, but. <laughs> I thought of you when he made that putt. I was like, "Oh, that's 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 gonna be brought up on Tuesday." Yeah. No. I'm. Um. Any 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 plans this week? Anything coming up for you on the horizon? Uh I think I got a graduation party this weekend. But other than that, it's supposed to. It's not supposed to be nice. So I'm gonna try to get a round in on Thursday night. Um, nice. Swinging the sticks, pretty good for all those who care. Um, but yeah, no other other than that. Uh, continue watching a lot of great playoffs and uh, cheering, cheering on at least my Celtics. I, I might have lost one team, but at least I still have them. Are you gonna go see uh, Top Gun this week? Uh, maybe not this week. I'll probably wait for it to, to hit. Um, but it was a funny exchange. I knew, uh, I knew, I knew I was going to get a, a, an interesting response to that. Is there any particular reason why we don't like tiny Tom Cruise? I don't, it's not that I dislike tiny Tom Cruise, but, um, is it, is it because it's such a big movie and because it's been promoted so much that you're like, oh, a little bit. And I think he, he gets propped up a little bit for being a great actor when I don't think he's that great of an actor. You want to hear something that's going to make you cringe? Okay. There's been uh, there's been talks about like oh, there's already Oscar talks about him winning best like best actor. And like think about how early that is. Like we're 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 gonna we're 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 March twenty twenty three, and he's already being like the that's the whispers that are going around. I'm gonna say this: if he wins an Oscar, how did Matt Damon not win one for Jason Bourne? Because Jason Bourne's better than Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. Whatever I'm with you on that one. Top Gun, whatever, Maverick. <laughs> give, it, give it to Miles Teller. You know, Goose or Goose's yeah. son. Goose's son. Yeah, I, I'm. Like I was, I said, I'm not. I've never watched uh, the original, so I have the original on DVD. I'm gonna smack it in one of these nights. Oh, you've never then, seen the original? Never, never in my life. Oh. No, yeah, no. no so I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. I think I'm. I, I voted to my boy Tom to to watch it, so I'll probably put it on one of these nights okay. and then. Oh, uh, it's it's okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
all right good good description what uh, outside of anything you've been watching i know you're are you caught up on barry or no i'm behind no. uh yeah there's a new season I, coming out i think pretty soon yeah season three's out now oh maybe uh, that's what it is oh well, yeah i gotta gotta catch up on barry it's a great show um better call saul started too i gotta catch up on that I've watched the trailer that. looks amazing anyone yeah, who's a big fan go look the trailer so far so i can't wait yeah to, to dive in but um so those couple shows and i gotta finish ozark and yeah just, i'm at, you made it to the halfway point in ozark right like yes. the seventh episode okay i just got there last week holy moly that was a yeah that was a whirlwind i'm excited to fin- cap it off hopefully this weekend if i get some free time i'll sneak in five, if six it's episodes. raining if it's raining lots yeah of yeah i might still be on the golf course you know kind of de- dedication i'm into Oh, I like that. Um, now what, what about you? What do you got going on for the rest of the week slash weekend? Uh, yeah, probably just be here. Um, <laughs> watch some playoffs. Go walk around some. Uh, yeah, congratulations on you for hitting the the third one one hundred k. You should start you. having dashes. You can do like teardrops on your eyes, and each one represents one hundred k. I it's should like, do that. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that'll be well. You like tats, so I thought maybe it's yeah, yeah, incorporate that. I think it can only help my game. Uh, if I do that, <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, it might, might show some character at least. Yeah, uh, exactly. Some definition on these cheeks, but um, no, well, Shay, always a pleasure on Tuesdays, man. Uh, we'll do it again next week, but have a good, uh, good rest of the week and uh, weekend. Appreciate that. And uh, one last thing go Celtics, go Celtics, sure. Game five tomorrow night in. South Beach. Um, tonight's picks, picks of the day. Um, hockey picks are tough. I see Shea still in the camera showing off the, the broom. I uh, might be doing that for the Mavericks. Actually, I'm taking the Mavericks tonight. I, I don't think they're getting swept. I like the Mavericks to avoid the sweep at home. Luka Doncic will not get swept. Golden State's a great team, but I think he will battle it out. They're going to win tonight. I got the Mavericks. They are the underdogs, but I like the Mavericks plus points tonight. So take the Mavericks. Be back tomorrow. Going to recap the games tonight. We'll get into a lot of different things. So should be fun. Great show back today. Great to be back with all of you. Thank you for the comments. Keep that coming. Love that interaction during the show. Always makes it funner for me. So see you tomorrow, same time, just to the point.